Welcome to The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 3rd show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To connect with the guests that I have in studio, you can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And the lineup for today's show, Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolutions. We're going to talk about 2018 tax law. Great information uh, to get prepared for the new tax law. Also in studio, Gordy, Gordy Marks with Gordy Marks Real Estate at REMAX. Avoid buyer's fatigue and maximize your investment. Last guest in studio, Gary Castle with Mountain Top Advisors, LLC. Real estate in your IRA is the conversation with Gary today. Great information and great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed today or topics you'd like to hear on future shows, please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at themoneyr.com. And as always, let's start out with a little money chat. Money. Money. Today for you, I thought I'd bring in a little money chat on credit tips to increase your credit score. Uh, your credit matters, and today is all about sharing a few tips with you. Credit scores will vary from 300 to 850. Your FICO score is the middle score from the three bureaus. So you have Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Uh, 760 or higher is considered an excellent FICO score. If you're 660 or lower, um, considered poor and need some work on that. So maybe some of these can help you in increase your credit score. Now, credit reports pulled by consumers are different scoring algorithms than those that are pulled by banks, lenders, and credit companies. Sometimes they are unique algorithms developed by separate modeling companies. Sometimes they are industry-specific variations, and other times are custom algorithm by uh, may be utilized. So for mortgage lenders... They have their own brand of FICO score. Even your FICO from myficoscore.com and other consumer credit uh, can be different. So FICOs FICOs have designed 53 different models of score. They risk grade different industries such as mortgage, auto loan, insurance, student loans, and credit cards. So when you're going to get your credit report pulled for a mortgage, your credit for your FICO score is going to be different than the consumer uh, free online credit uh, scores information that you get. The idea really of pulling your own credit report report through these other credit resources is just to get an idea of what's on there, not as much for what the FICO score is. Now, here's the credit components. Past delinquents represent 35% of your FICO score. Debt to credit utilization ratio represents 30%. So credit card balances should be at 50% of the available credit line. Better would be 30%. Now, average age of credit is 15%. The mix of credit utilizes 10% and the inquiries is 10%. So going on the age of credit, which represents 15%, this can actually be surprising to consumers not to close out accounts that you're not using, especially if they have been seasoned and um, have been open for at least two years. 
once you close them out, you're going to lose that history that's attached to that actual credit card. And sometimes it can be devastating for your credit score. And there's no way to replace from, to recover from that unless you get added on as an authorized user to someone else's account that goes back at least that two-year period. That's a whole other uh, money chat because and depending on the type of financing and loans that you're getting, uh, trying to get credit for, sometimes they do not allow the authorized user accounts to come into play. Now, the mix of credit that represents 10%, this can get a little tricky. So it's not something that you, it is a, a guarantee what that ratio is going to be or the mix of credit. But ideally, you have one installment to three revolving trade lines. Uh, and then last is inquiry. Seven inquiries a year before it affects your credit score, typically. Depending on the credit bureau, the window for duplicate inquiries is anywhere from 14 to 45 days. So basically that means if you're applying for a mortgage, you can get your mortgage credit report pulled at mul- multiple mortgage companies if you're comparing uh, your mortgage consultant and that experience that you're having. But if it goes over that 14 to 45, depending on the bureau, it can have an effect to your actual credit score. Uh, a couple of our tips here. Uh, paid tax liens can be removed if you didn't know that. Paid paid release and satisfied federal tax uh, liens can be deleted from your credit report and all other public records within 30 days. Now, some unpaid tax liens can also be deleted. Uh, Federal tax liens can also be deleted if they are balances of less than $25,000 with time time payments, on-time payments with the IRS. I talked a little bit about the added authorized users uh, to increase credit scores. So if you're having a challenge and you're not having, uh, you don't have the credit score that you need, or maybe you don't have a credit score at all, and it's going to take a while to establish that because you don't have credit. If you can get added on it as an authorized user, it can be one of the easiest ways to establish credit for qualifying for um, uh, a credit card or sometimes mortgage. Uh, If you don't have that option, you can do uh, secured credit cards. Lenders like to see three to five trade lines. So go to OpenSky cc.com. It's a really great resource for uh, adding secured credit cards. Again, I talked about keeping your balances ideally at 30% of what's available to you. So all your revolving debt, if it goes over 50%, it's going to be devastating to your credit score. So a lot of times uh, you may be utilizing your credit cards to pay your bills every month, but then you pay them off at the end of the month. Just make sure if you're trying to apply for something that you're keeping those under that 50%. Um, If they are over that, an easy fix to increase your credit score is to get those balances down to where they're at least under 50% of what's available to you. Ideally, you can keep it at that 30% ratio. So that's a tip on how to increase your credit scores quickly if those accounts currently are over that amount. Um, Consolidating student loans is a great tip as well. If your student loans are in default, they can be consolidated and transferred to U.S. Department of Education. This will make a huge difference in the score and the overall approach, approval strength and approach to the credit score. Uh, Last thing in a tip here, put the burden back in the proof uh, on the bank or the creditor. Collections and charge-offs are deleted at roughly 70%. That's because of how they're getting reported on your credit report. So um, there's some great advice there that you can get with uh, credit counseling on how to increase your credit score. And a lot of the times, if they're not following what the requirement is on how that's getting reported, they can get deleted. So that is your money chat for today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, 2018 tax law, Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution right here at 1150 AM, KKNW after this short break.
Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 3rd show. I am committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area of your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show today. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 1150 Again, that's one 855 or go online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, a regular contributor of the show, Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution. And what a great time to talk about 2018 tax law. Greg, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Thank you very much, Tina. Glad to be here. And a little bit about Greg, for those of you that have not heard his many um, segments that I've had here with him on the Money Hour. Uh, Greg Ray Nunn is founder and principal of Nunn Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington. The first firm of tax resolution specialists in Washington State, his passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament with the IRS due to failing to file tax returns and or not paying what the IRS claims that they owe. He represents these troubled taxpayers vigorously before the, the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation and tax planning for individuals and businesses. Gregory is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and been in the industry for over three decades. I've been saying over three decades a long time, so it's it's stacking up there, I'm sure. He is a member of the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, the premier association of professional helping troubled taxpayers. He has received the top practitioner award from the American Society and Tax Problem Solvers. Um, again, you know, Greg is my personal uh, CPA for my husband and I, and also he works with a lot of uh, trouble tax uh, people that are in track tax issues so he does a little bit of everything greg again thank you for uh coming back in studio awesome tina and I, our, our topic is what's happening with these tax laws. So I thought it was really appropriate. And it's tax season. So thank you for, I mean, I had to like, please beg you to come in right now, right now. And I know that you are extremely busy. So I really didn't have to beg you. I just called and asked and you said you would be here. I, I said I'd be here. Yeah, you're awesome. So thank you. <laughs> you <bet. laughs> so first, wh- what do you think generally about the tax laws, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, when I saw those politicians get in front of that camera looking so pretty, 
saying that they were going to simplify the tax code. Yeah. That was a joke. Uh-huh. It's like the boa constrictor looking at a beautiful, tasty rodent saying, I'm not going to eat you. <laughs> that rodent's going to be eaten. The tax code will not get simplified ever. Yeah. Here's an example of something that's in the tax code that they changed. And this sounds like simplification. Uh-huh. Phase in a Pacific service business limitation in computing the qualified business income with respect to a specified service trade or business the taxpayer takes into account. Only applicable percentage of qualified items of income, deductions, gain, loss, and allocable W-2 wages. Has everyone just now fallen asleep? Uh-huh. And it goes on. It does okay. not get simpler. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good way to answer that one, Greg. So uh, with that simplicity, let's kind of break this down a little bit, Greg. So how will the tax law impact your mortgage interest deduction? I mean, this is a big, obviously, um, thing, not only for me personally, because I own a home, but as well as I'm, you know, obviously do mortgages for my full-time career. Right. And and there was so much debate that went on about what to do with the home mortgage deduction. And fortunately, I think it came to a pretty decent compromise. I, I agree. Um, that it's for new mortgages now, you'll be limited to 750000 yep. of available interest to deduct. Mm-hmm. HELOCs or home equity lines of credit, no. Gone. No deduction for any of that. However, it depends on what you use those funds for. Same with on the HELOC? Yep. So the, what are the reasons that I thought it was completely gone? So what completely are the reasons gone, that you but you can? Might, you might get a HELOC to go buy an investment piece of property oh, as an example. Oh, okay. And then the, that interest would be deductible on okay. that rental property. So what people are used to on a HELOC is if they um, are usually get, using it to improve the home, they could use it as a write-off, but now that's been taken away. That's correct. Yep. That's, that's gone. Okay. What about uh, when you sell your house, Greg? This is fantastic because there was a lot of debate about this, and mm-hmm. fortunately, it's remained exactly the way it has been okay so for a married couple a million dollars gain exclusion and for single filing separate um, a five hundred thousand dollar gain exclusion and no difference in the time that they have to own yeah there's the two to five year rule so that's still in play yeah because what they were talking about increasing that time frame that they would have they were they were yeah which was actually um, pretty scary so what about uh, property taxes and sales tax deduction Greg you know this is probably one of the biggest changes that will impact um, a lot of people that live in high property tax states as we've all heard California New York New Jersey I tell you, the property taxes those folks pay are outrageous. So mm-hmm. you can only deduct up to $10,000 of property tax, okay, income tax, sales tax, and excise tax. And so you look at that limit of ten grand. So as soon as you hit the ten grand, you are done deducting. Got it. Fortunately for us here in the state of Washington, we can still deduct our sales tax because there was some talk at what time of that expiring. Yeah. But it's the greater of either your sales tax or your state income tax that you can deduct. And since we fortunately do not have a state income tax, then we would deduct our sales tax. Got it. Okay. So you've got that benefit here. Um, Thank goodness we're not living in California. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Very bad deal. Um, So, Greg, will you still be able to deduct your um, the private mortgage insurance? You know, in the original bill that was signed, passed and signed in December, that went away for the year 2017. Uh Uh-huh. As well as um, the situation where if you were upside down in your mortgage. And... There was a bill passed and signed, I believe it was in January, that extended those two provisions for the year 2017. So it looks like 17 will be that last year 
for us to be able to duck any kind of private mortgage insurance. Okay, which was actually, it was kind of a, a nice surprise they kept extending it because the idea nice. was, you know, since it was way back in the financial crash, yeah. they just kept extending it every they year. Did. So. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of people that would be upside down in their mortgages anymore. Yeah, no. Especially in, you Not know, in a market our like ours. Exactly. Yeah. So, Greg, a big deduction for some people are the deductions for tax prep fees, tax planning, investment advisory fees, non reimbursed reimbursed employee expenses. So are these still around? This I believe will be one of the biggest impacts for certain taxpayers that would be very, very painful. Okay. They're all gone. None yeah. of them are available anymore. And for it will impact primarily higher income people. Yes. Uh, with their investment advisory fees could be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and as well as unreimbursed employee expenses, a lot of people will actually spend their own money to market Which themselves. Which you have already prepared for me because yeah. I have a lot of those. I am, you know, in the mortgage you industry, we can't be 1099 anymore. No. So I'm, you're already preparing me to just, yeah. you know, be screwed. It'll, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but uh, I want my listeners to know that I'm with you if you've got some bad news here. (laughs) I'm going to talk to you over the phone when I give you that number. I don't want you sitting in my office, okay? Nice. Okay. Well, all right. So, um, Craig, so let's go back to this, the standard deduction because what yes. we didn't go over was the actual amount that it increased. We, we so did for not. a lot of people, that's going to be um, make this news a little bit better. It will. Now, the exemption and standard deduction is something that impacts every taxpayer that files a uh-huh. 1040. Yep. What they did is they eliminated entirely the exemptions, meaning if you have four people in your family, you could deduct about $4,050 per person, so you'd have a nice little deduction there. That's all gone. Uh-huh. But the standard deduction for a married couple went from 12700 for 2017. Mm-hmm. For 2018, it'll be 24000 Okay. This dovetails right back into people who have itemized deductions, you see. Yes. So it'll be the higher of the yep. standard deduction or all of your itemized deductions. Yes. So for some people, it could be a, a very good deal. big, good deal. Yes. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. Just not me. All right, Greg. I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand. It's, it's very personal. Sometimes you can put your personal spin in there uh, <laughs> as the host of the show. So, Greg, uh, the tax relief, you talked a little bit about this. Um, if somebody is upside down in their home uh, listening to the show from another area, what has changed this year for that? Yeah, for 2018, if you sell that house during this particular year, 2018, yep. any of that debt, that you are forgiven mm-hmm. is going to be treated as taxable income. Yeah, and so it's surprising because actually I really feel there was a big percentage of people that didn't even know that before that, if they were to sell their home at a loss, that they were going to get 1099 income from their investor from the bank. Exactly. So you really want to look at that and what that, because that can be a substantial cost if Very you, much. you know, are $50,000 so, yeah. upside down on your home yeah. and then the bank's going to 1099 that you for that 50000 50, whatever your income tax bracket is, yes. 25% tax bracket, you're going to pay that on that fifty grand. correct? Correct. That's yeah. correct. So something to look at if you are trying to strategize and decide what to do in a situation like that. All right, Greg, uh, the payment on alimony, can it um, impact... A yeah, lot of this, this is an interesting one because, um, you know, I, I see a lot of clients that have the alimony thing and, and ordinarily the person that pays the alimony can deduct it from their taxes and uh-huh. the one that receives it treats it as income. Well, after this year, 2018, so starting 2019, that's not going to be the case. So if you pay that alimony, no deduction. If you receive it, no income. Okay. Caveat. 
everything's grandfathered that is in place right now. Got it. Just be new ones. Okay. Okay. New ones being filed. Yeah, new ones being filed. Kind of yes. like the seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage yep, versus the it's million dollar interest. Versus, yeah. Got it. Okay. Got it. So that can be great news for you or not. That's correct. Okay, Depends Greg, on which end you're on. Exactly. What new due diligence requirem- requirements are uh, paid taxpayers subject to? You know, this is something that continues to grow. Congress, in their infinite wisdom, and the IRS are pushing to the tax preparer, mm-hmm. actually more being the initial um, front auditor. There's certain things that the preparer has to do to prove, one, that a taxpayer qualifies for head of household, meaning that you're, you're not married, you're single, but you have a child that you care for. That's kind of the basic yep. one. Okay. Um, earned income credit, the um, uh, tuition credit. Okay. And, and last but not least, the um, the child tax credit. Mm-hmm. So the preparer has to get all the documents that prove the taxpayer can actually do this. Here's the odd thing. One, most of the taxpayers that have this kind of situation are the ones that really can't afford to pay a higher fee yes. to have the preparer take the time to do that. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's kind of a, uh, it's strange how they're doing that. But yeah. hey, this is just going to continue. There's going to be more of that. Um, and for, the, for, for someone like myself, say I, make a mistake and I don't do it properly, uh-huh. $500 fine for every incident. Wow. That's why it's good always, you know, to have that expert on your side that really uh, understands is. what's happening. I, you know, I want um, right now in, in preparing tax returns and all, I mean, you're in, you're in this right now uh, with, with clients. It, it, what are you seeing? What I'm seeing in the returns that are prepared so far for my clients, everyone will receive a benefit with this new tax law. Uh-huh. Anywhere from I'm seeing twelve hundred to three thousand dollars, so that's fantastic. But I haven't gotten to some of the tax clients that I have that are a little more complicated, sophisticated, um, that will be more impacted in a negative way, like yourself. Yes. With those miscellaneous itemized deductions, mm-hmm. so I know there's going to be some that are going to get hit. Um, in a negative way. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see how negative that is when you finish uh, my tax returns, Craig. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. So as we're ra- we're wrapping up here, um, what good news do you uh, from your being um, in in your seat? I mean, you've said major- a lot of your clients, the majority are going to be able to benefit they um, are. from it. Absolutely. Um, what else are you seeing from this tax reform? On a positive note, I think on a positive note is that, say, as an example, the exemption uh, standard deduction thing. Mm-hmm. For some people, that will be, that really truly is a simplification yes. of the tax code. Okay. Yeah. So they score one yep. for Congress on that one. Um, and that they left a lot of the things alone is really good. Uh-huh. You know, they just let like the mortgage thing stand except for the 750 limitations. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Uh, the other thing is for some small business owners that have an S corporation uh-huh. or a sole proprietorship, they're going to be able to get a nice little extra deduction from their income, up to 20%. Okay. So that in itself is a pretty good deal for the small business owner. Yeah. Except people like myself, a CPA, attorney, other service providers like that, do not get any kind of reduction in their taxes. Yeah. And the reason is a good reason. Most of these people that are in those small businesses that get that 
benefit. Uh-huh. They're manufacturing something or they're creating more commerce because sure. they're buying inventory and that kind of Makes thing. Makes sense. We're just providing a service so it isn't as stimulating to the economy, yep. if you will. And that's the whole purpose of the reform, you know, and um, I'm joking aside, I'm here. I really do think it's going to be a good thing for us, um, you know, to really stimulate the economy and, and help out and make things uh, make things better for the most part. So we'll see how it pl- uh, plays out. Greg, thank you so much for uh, joining us in studio. I look forward to having you back soon. Well, thank you. And I, I hope your listeners uh, derive some benefit from this. I'm sure they will. Coming up next in the Money Hour, avoid buyer's fatigue and maximize your investment. Gordy Marks with Gordy Marks Real Estate with Remax right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Hi, my name is Gary Castle from Mountaintop Advisors, LLC. I'm a licensed, registered, and insured investment advisor and fiduciary. I help small businesses and families in the Puget Sound area with their retirement plans and sorting through the various investment options that can be so confusing. Every type of investment has risks, so it's helpful to have a 30-year professional helping guide you through the confusing and conflicting options that you have these days. My area of specialty is in adding alternative investments to your accounts to reduce risks and possibly increase your gains. These are complementary investments that do not go up and down with the stock and bond markets that most investors already own. By adding these additional types of investments such as real estate investment trusts, business development companies, commodities and others, we increase your safety by increasing your diversification. Why put all of your eggs in two baskets when you can split them into four or more? Visit me, Gary Castle at mtadvisors.net, Mountaintop Advisors, or call me at 253-332-0734. Securities are offered through Titan Securities, member SIPC, and FINRA. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM, KTNW, the March 3rd show. I provide you the news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can chat with my guest in studio here by calling the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. Or go online to themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Gordy Marks. Uh, with Gordy Marks Real Estate at Remax, avoid buyer's fatigue and maximize your investment. Gordy, thank you for coming back in studio. Tina, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and it'll be it's a ex- exciting conversation that we'll have here. But first, I want to give you tell you a little bit about Gordy. Born into a family of real estate agents has its perks. It is unlikely that you'll find another broker with more real estate experience than Gordy has. Gordy has been living and breathing real estate since day one, and wouldn't have it any other way. His father was a real 
estate agent, and his grandfather was a real estate investor. When Gordy entered the business in 1987, immediately after graduating from University of Washington, his goal was to continue in his legacy, providing his clients with the best value and service in the industry, and he's never looked back. Thanks to many satisfied clients and years of experience, he's risen up to the top 1% role tours nationwide and consistently earned top award production. With his vast experience in the industry, he has the time to learn what works and what doesn't. He's been in the Seattle market and its highs and lows. Because of that, he has mastered how to handle most every situation and leverage to its client's benefit. You know, and isn't that so true, uh, Gordy? I really thought that I'd seen everything until this a last adjustment in the market, you always just learn something new. Um, uh, and the lack of inventory is kind of the crazy thing that we're dealing with uh, right now. So yeah, tons of experience and just very happy to have you here. So we're talking about avoiding buyer's fatigue because it's the lack of inventory and being able to maximize your investment. So in this hot, hot market, how do you differ, different, differentiate yourself against the other 49,000 Seattle area agents, Gordy? Yeah, Tina, I I think specifically, uh, to be successful, you need to have a plan for your clients. Um, The days of just putting a sign up and putting the house on the Northwest MLS are gone. And even though the market is hot and it may seem like that's all you need to do, Mm -hmm. if we're going to compete against the other agents, uh, specifically uh, discount brokers and the like who are just willing to cut their fee, we have to have a specific plan whereby we can actually net our client more money. I've always believed that I should net them more than I cost them. If I can't earn more than I cost them, I have no business being there. Yeah, and that's a, a great way to explain it. And I know I, I always say discounted brokerage equal, equals discounted service because if you look at it, there has to cut costs somewhere. And, you know, in every industry, you have a Kmart and you have a Nordstrom and you have something in between. Um, so if I have a seller that's out there, you know, just listening to the show right now thinking the market's so hot, my home's going to sell why can't I put a sign up in the yard and why do I need to have any strategy at all? Yeah, that that's the, the big question. And, and the answer is they could put a sign up and mm-hmm. it would probably sell. But really, the end result is not going to be what they're happy with. In other words, to put a sign up is not going to net them the highest return on yes. their investment. And people have been paying on these houses for many, many years. It's a lot of times their number one investment. So maximizing the return on that investment is what it's all about. And to do that, I feel you have to have a specific plan. Mm-hmm. And you do it. So, you know, the, the pricing uh, a home right, especially in this market. And this is why this is what the show is all about is really bringing my, uh, my listeners having the ability to work the best of the best um, advice in in every arena, real estate, no different, because you really have to have not only an agent to help you with pricing it right in this crazy market, but you have to have one of the best agents that has the knowledge to understand how to do that. So if you think about it, it's if you have one or two, maybe even three offers when you put that sign up in the yard versus you're working with an agent like yourself that's in the one percentile and really has all of this experience and understanding of how to do it right, that brings in 20 offers on a home. You could imagine that there's going to be a better net price from those 20 offers. So that's really what it's all about, right, Gordy? That's exactly right, Tina. You know, in in coming up with a strategy, and, and today I'm going to share just one strategy that we use with your mm-hmm. listeners that I think has been really significant for our clients to 
get them to the next level on the return on investment. Yeah. So let's um let's first talk about uh, fatigue because you know I'm in the mortgage arena as you know, Gordy, and I'm seeing it just as much as you guys are, just on the back end of how many clients are going through the pre-approval process and trying to keep them motivated in the process to continue to go out there and fight the fight. So how are you helping your buyers through the fatigue of everything that's happening in the market? Yeah, fatigue is real. And, and basically, just so we can explain to your clients, it's uh-huh. it's these buyers that are battling against 20 other buyers for the one house that's available. Yes. And what happens is they keep making offers and not getting the house. And so every time they make an offer, they go through emotional stress effort and financial expense as well because they're you know usually doing building inspections and the like. So after a while, they just get fatigued and they say, no more, I'm out. And so we're seeing that a lot. In the last year, our number of multiple offer scenarios has gone down dramatically and not so much in the total uh, you know, times we're doing multiple offers, but the number of offers that we're seeing on listings. And some of that is the marketplace, but I think a large part of it is this buyer fatigue. So Interesting. Yeah, whereas maybe a year, year and a half ago, we might see 15 or 20 offers on a uh-huh. listing in a hot market. Now it might be like five. Interesting. I didn't realize that, but I do know that the inventory is going down, correct? I mean, some neighborhoods, it's even less than it was days of inventory remaining. Isn't that correct, Gordy? It is. I mean, we're having quite a number of houses come on the market. It's just uh-huh. they don't stay on the market. They yeah. all, they pretty much all sell. If they're marketed well, they're going to sell the first week. Got it. So there's so much fatigue that there's less offers because the buyers are just, they're just getting fed up. So let's talk about um, fatigue with sellers. Anything going on in, in there? Yeah, so how this translates in a negative way to a seller is as the buyers get fatigued and drop away, mm-hmm. it means a, less of a net for the seller. They're not getting that, you know, three to five more offers that would maybe bump their price up just a little bit more. So the buyer fatigue is a real negative thing for the seller in that regard. So, Gordy, how are um, some a- other agents solving the issue of, um, let's talk about the high inspection cost? Yeah. Two, two ways. Um, some buyer or some agents that are representing buyers are encouraging their buyers to just waive the inspection altogether, which I've never really felt like that was a very good strategy because yeah. there's so many things that can come up on a house cost-wise later and down yes. the road. So while it might seem a uh, you know, good solution in the moment when things are hot, when things cool down, I think those people that bought those houses will think, oh, why did I waive that inspection? Yes, yeah, so that could be a nightmare. So the other way uh, is some seller's agents are actually having an inspection done before they go on the market and they are posting it online for buyers to use. That could be a good solution, but there are some negatives to it. And I'll Mm -hmm. I'll list just a couple. One negative is because the seller paid for that inspection, a buyer's perception is that they hired the inspector and somehow that inspection is not arm's length or, uh, you know, that it might be swayed. Okay. Uh, And then number two, uh, a lot of times a buyer will still want their own inspector to look at it because of that lack of trust. So, you know, they might end up still having buyers wanting to do pre-inspections. Number three, and this may be the biggest, if a seller pays for an inspection, they hire an inspector ahead of time, they now have to either fix those items or disclose Uh them. Okay. So that opens up a whole can of worms that they may not have been prepared to do. Yes, yes. Now, Gordy, I know that you you have a strategy, something that's very unique and special to what you're doing uh, with your team. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah. So how we've handled this inspection uh, as it relates to buyer fatigue is I came up with this idea about three years ago 
whereby we had an inspector that we approached and said, what if you did an inspection on a house that we are going to list and we never, we don't pay for the inspection, we uh-huh. don't see the inspection, the seller doesn't see it, they don't pay for it, it's completely arm's length. Um, think of it like a third person, like an auditor, if you will. Okay. They're coming to look at the property f- for its own merits and then they post that inspection on their website at a very discounted price. So a potential buyer that would normally pay, uh, say, $500 for an inspection, they're buying this inspection for about $150 to $200. Yes. So it's significantly cheaper. And what that does is I say it lowers the cost or the barrier of entry for buyers. So where if a buyer is made several offers, lost out on $500, you know, five times. Five times. Yeah, that's yeah. twenty five hundred dollars. That yes. adds to the buyer fatigue, where they'd more likely be willing to spend one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars. Yeah. It's just less of a risk. What a brilliant idea! And you know, sometimes things in in crazy. Uh, chaotic markets like we're in, new um, practices come into play. Do you see that, because I've, I've never heard this from other agents before, do you see that other agents might adopt this or, um, you know, yeah. maybe we can, because it's uh, the other issue with all the inspections is if you have the pre-inspections, you've got 20 buyers, you've got 20 buyers, inspectors that are coming in and that is really damaging to potential damage to a seller's home to have all those inspectors in there, correct? It is. It's And, and it's not only damaging, it's just really difficult because they're crawling yeah. all over each other. Uh, it's hard to schedule a good inspector in a day or two's notice. Yes. So they can't get the inspector they want out. So again, they fall away. They yeah. decide, well, you know what? We kind of like this house, but because of all the hassles and getting an inspection done, and maybe our, our top price that we could offer is just about where the list price is or slightly there above. In that case, we're just going to fall away and we're not going to make an offer. Yeah. So that's the buyer fatigue. Yes. But if we make it more accessible for them and cheaper, all they have to do is enter their credit card and they instantly get this inspection in their email. What a brilliant, uh, brilliant strategy. And, you know, the other thing on the multiple inspectors, I would you know, imagine with all those inspectors too, it would be hard to be able to do their best work under that pressure, the pressure of time and the pressure of um, trying to crawl over other inspectors. And because a normal inspection typically takes around three hours. That's right. So, Gordy, have you ever had a buyer, um, a client, not make an offer on a property because they were not wanting to either pay for the pre-inspection or take the risk of waiving the inspection altogether? Yeah, several times. Yeah. And that's kind of where this idea came from, trying to help those people get in uh, in a way they felt more comfortable. Yeah. See, just like I said, I mean, things when, when things get tight, there's always some great ideas that come out of a uh, challenge. Uh, opportunities can always present themselves. So as we're wrapping up our time, uh, Gordy, what would be your biggest advice uh, for my buyer listening right now? Well, I think, you know, do your due diligence. Even though the market is hot, yeah. remember that it's cyclical and the market always has ups and downs. So still do your due diligence. It's a huge investment. Hire a professional to represent you on when you're buying and when you're selling because yeah. there's so many things that can go wrong. And I don't say that so people will make a decision out of fear, but make a smart decision. Great advice. And I was going to ask you on the seller, but you just said it is you you really have to you have to hire the best of the best uh, to make sure that they understand how to navigate through this very unique market and navigate through this very um, unique pricing strategy market. Uh, Gordy, thank you so much again for coming back. It's always a pleasure to see you and look forward to having you back soon. You bet. Thanks for having me, Tina. 
And coming up next in the Money Hour, Gary Castle with Mountaintop Advisor, LLC, real estate in your IRA, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Hi, my name is Gary Castle from Mountaintop Advisors, LLC. I'm a licensed, registered, and insured investment advisor and fiduciary. I help small businesses and families in the Puget Sound area with their retirement plans and sorting through the various investment options that can be so confusing. Every type of investment has risks, so it's helpful to have a 30-year professional helping guide you through the confusing and conflicting options that you have these days. My area of specialty is in adding alternative investments to your accounts to reduce risks and possibly increase your gains. These are complementary investments that do not go up and down with the stock and bond markets that most investors already own. By adding these additional types of investments such as real estate investment trusts, business development companies, commodities and others, we increase your safety by increasing your diversification. Why put all of your eggs in two baskets when you can split them into four or more? Visit me, Gary Castle at mtadvisors.net, mountaintopadvisors, or call me at 253-332-0734. Securities are offered through Titan Securities, member SIPC, and FINRA. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 3rd show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Uh, call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio, right now another regular contributor to the show Gary Castle with Mountaintop Advisors LLC and we're talking about real estate in your IRA. Gary thank you so much for coming back in studio. Hey thank you very much for having me Tian I appreciate it. And a little bit about Gary. First license in 1984. Gary has been a high-volume bank program and at a very well-known credit union. He has a Series 663 and Series 7 license. In addition to being fully licensed for life insurance and annuities, both fixed and variable. So uh, interesting topic uh, that we're talking about, Gary, is the uh, real estate and in your IRA. So with interest rates so low, how can an investor find ways to get discount, uh, get a decent interest? income from their investment. CDs are not very well right now, doing so swell. Yes, you can say horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Yes, there's just a very, it's very difficult with uh, fixed types of investments uh, like uh, like annuities and CDs to to get any sort of decent return. Like your customers know, your, your listeners, it's a great time to borrow money. It's a it's yes. a cheap time to borrow money. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's a 
a pretty rough time to try to get any sort of income off your investments if mm -hmm. you're looking for safe investments. So uh, let's start with the basics. When you've got an investment account, uh, the traditional investments that people use are stocks and bonds and cash. Uh -huh. Those are the three things. Uh, the first one is stocks. And uh, as everybody has noticed, uh, they are quite volatile. Yes. Uh, they have done very well for the last 10 years, but uh, they're very, very volatile. And every, every decade, they've been getting more and more volatile. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the stock market is now kind of dominated by these electronic, uh, algorithm-driven institutional investors like big pension funds, mutual fund companies, and hedge funds. Mm -hmm. That sort of destabilizes on a day-to-day -day basis what goes on. Yes. Uh, used to be back in our parents' time, they would buy stock, they'd hang on to it for a long time because it cost them a lot of money to change hands uh, to sell and buy. So they tended to buy and hold. With these people um, doing this, uh, that that gets thrown out the window and everything gets more volatile. And volatility means risk. Uh, bonds are the second thing. And surprisingly, I think this is one of the more uh, scary uh, places to put money right now. Okay, why? Well, A, you don't get very much return from it's putting money true. in there. Yeah. Uh, but the second thing is we're sitting at all-time interest rate lows. Yes. If when interest rates go up, uh, bond Which they value, already have. Yes. Bond mm -hmm. values go down. Correct. They go down quite a bit. They'll yeah. go down multiples. Mm -hmm. a, a great example of this was in 2014 between uh, May and August. That's only three months. Uh, interest rates went up less than one half percent. The Fed tried raising interest rates at that time. And the safest investments in the world, which are U.S. government securities, the mm -hmm. long-term ones, went down 14.3%. Yeah. Crazy. So if you were only earning 2% on those investments, yeah. you just lost seven years of earnings yes. in a three-month period of time. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. It's math. It's kind of like the teeter-totter that you played on as a kid. You know, one side goes up, the other side has to go down. Sure. So when interest rates are the side that goes up, yep. bond values go down. It's very, very simple, except unlike on the playground, the fulcrum point is not in the middle where it's fair. It's way over to one side. So if interest rates go up just a little bit, the other side goes down a lot. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some other options here. Let's talk about investing in commercial real estate with your account. Um, if you don't have millions of dollars. So how are, what are the options there? It, well, and, and oddly enough, most of my clients uh, don't have millions of dollars to just throw into a commercial building. Okay. But uh, there, there, is, there are ways to do that that the average person, the people that are listening to the show, Tina, can, can do. And that is a real estate investment trusts is one way. Uh, business development corporations or BDCs, uh -huh. uh, that's another way. And uh, what those things do is they pool a bunch of investors together, uh, kind of like a mutual fund would, and mm -hmm. then some experts that are managing the fund will go out and uh, find the right buildings to buy in the right areas, in the right types of buildings. And if they're good, uh, they typically will spin off the income that comes off of those buildings uh, from the leases. Mm -hmm. And typically the investor will get maybe five, six, seven percent uh, paid out every year, which okay. is much better than bonds, much better than CDs. Yeah. And if they remain patient at the very end, if the people doing the right job uh, bought the right buildings and they did things to improve the values, then they'll be able to sell them at a higher, uh, at a higher premium. So the 
client, the investor, will get back more than they put in. Yes, and the benefit of you know getting into commercial um, uh, real estate is it's just there's a lot more to work with there. And you know you're said the key thing. I mean, they really have to make sure that they're working with a company that really understands the buildings and the companies that they're investing in are going to be a good investment. Right. So they're they're going to try to buy buildings that are in sort of the path of of um, of progress and uh-huh. where, where the economy is doing well, where the the rules uh, are favorable to the landlord, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Makes sense. Yep. So what about qualification um, for investors that want to get into this type of investment? How does that look? The uh, sometimes the minimums can be kind of high. Okay. And sometimes the investor themselves has to be qualified. They have to uh, have uh, maybe a minimum net worth of a million dollars, and maybe in that investment they can't put anything less than fifty thousand. Okay. But also there are some other types of investments in the same sort of programs where the minimums are much more reasonable. Uh, Two thousand dollars minimum, and uh, maybe no net worth or a very small net worth uh, requirement. Uh, so, yeah. So, are you helping your clients, Gary, in navigating through this process and um, helping them pick the right opportunities for their portfolio and what their um, um, their abilities are? No, they're all on their own. Got uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, of course, yes. Of course, yes. you do. Yes, of course, I help out. That, in fact, that's one of the challenges with this. Uh, uh-huh. A lot of people don't know about this type of investment at all. Oh, I was going to ask how long it's been around. It's it, these types of inve- REITs have been around for over thirty-five years. Uh-huh. And uh, what people don't know, it's sort of a, I don't know, some sort of a secret, evidently. Uh, if you take a look at the, um, the, the, the Real Estate Investment Trust Index, mm-hmm. so all the good, bad, and the ugly real estate investment trusts that have been out there, and then versus the stock market, the S&P 500 is the best known index. That's good, bad, and indifferent uh, types of stocks. Okay. There's just 500 of them. If you take a look at those, the, the the REIT index has done better in the short term and in the middle term and even in the long term than the stock market. So I guess the big question is, why is it such a secret? Yeah. Um, but in any event, uh, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah. So. Well, I know you specialize this in, the, in this and that's why I really wanted to bring you in studio to talk about this conversation or have this conversation and share it with my listeners. So um, they're investing in the actual... Um, uh, buildings, correct? Well, uh, yes and no. Or in the lending and money. They can can do either one, Tina. For over 35 years, the (laughs) timing looks pretty good right now. Uh, There was a, I don't know if I can say this about the freewheeling lending practices that happened uh, a while ago, but now lenders are very restricted on what they can do with real estate. Uh Uh, So for commercial uh, loaning, they used to be able to, uh, to loan up to 90%. Okay. And now, uh, because of Dodd-Frank and some other restrictions, maybe it's only 50 to 60% on okay. commercial buildings. Okay. So if the typical buyer only wants to put in 10% of his own money to buy that investment, then he's going to have to go somewhere else to find that middle part, that mezzanine loan, that, that middle loan. And that's sort of like a second mortgage on a house. Okay. The interest rate's a little bit higher on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if you're the one that's lending the money into that second area... Uh, the rates can be pretty attractive as a lender. So some investors can end up doing the, the lending portion of it. You can, Got it. You can buy into that. Okay. So, Gary, um, REITs own the building and collect the rent. So how do you know that this money is getting uh, dis- distributed the way it's supposed to? 
they're, they're on, in a real estate investment trust, they're required by law mm-hmm. to return at least 90% of all of their uh, income from the building back to the investors. Okay. If they don't do that, they lose their tax preferred status, which will kill them. It's, yep. it's, it's crisis mode if that happens. Got so it. They, they make sure they do that because they don't want to lose their, their REIT status. Yeah. So what about um, the REITs manager's previous track record? Is there a way to look and see what they've done before and um, to make a decision if that's one that you want to invest in? Right. So how, how do we look under the hood? How do we yes. figure out if they're any good yep. or not? Yep. Uh, what's interesting is in that big, thick, ugly, scary prospectus that you're always supposed to read, uh-huh. they're required to put in what their results have been on any previous REITs that they've offered. Uh, okay. They have to. Okay. So if you take a look in there, you can take a look and see how they've done on every one of their buildings. And, and I've looked in there and they have to admit when, yeah, we did one and it didn't work out that yeah. well, but we did three that did. Sure. And, and I would imagine that, I mean, obviously, they're not going to be able to pick the best all the time. There's going to be, you have just like any other investment, you're going to have ones that do well and ones not that do so do well. But you look at the overall performance and be able to see if that's, and also I would imagine with this um, information could be very powerful because you can do a comparison to see um, what is good in the industry as far as making those good decisions, right? Correct. Yeah. And, but in, in more than that, though, um, you want to make sure that the people that are uh, that you're possibly going to invest in are uh-huh. in an area uh, that is growing and has a good supply and demand drivers. Got it. Um, so, Gary, I would Im- I would imagine that you're going to pay higher prices on that investment for companies that are performing better, or they're obviously they're buying into better product um, buildings. It's going to be a more expensive investment, correct? Not necessarily. I think okay. what, you, what you might find with, um, uh, th- there are different types. So some of the REITs uh, or BDCs are more aggressive. Okay. And they might take more risks, but have a higher potential for gain. Mm-hmm. And then others are going to be very, very conservative. Uh, the buildings that you're buying may have uh, close to 100% occupancy with long-term leases and uh-huh. very, very creditworthy tenants. So the, the, you know, the more cautious investor might feel a lot more comfortable in that. Got it. The other type, uh, the more aggressive ones, they might be buying buildings that are just about to be foreclosed. And uh, the tenants in there are not paying enough to for that person to make their to pay their bank note. Mm-hmm. And so things are kind of going south and somebody's going to have to come in there, do some quick cleanup and immediately have a good team that can put a bunch of new tenants in there very quickly. So it's like a flip. It's like a flip. Yeah, yeah a flip I, in the commercial arena. Exactly. Got so it. If they're good. Yeah, it can be very profitable. Can, yeah. And the timing, I mean, it's just like a flip in, in uh, residential real estate. It's a lot with timing as well. Um, we've got just a couple minutes here, but I wanted to ask you, um, you know, would you would you consider this a safer, risky bet? Because like any other investment, um, or I should say investment, not bad, any other investment, the more return usually has some more risk to it and the less return, typically less risk. So what would you say about REITs? I've had a couple of clients come to me and and I start talking like, well, in this one, we, we're going to get a 6% rate of return until you know they sell the buildings. And they think, wait a minute, uh, I'm only getting 1% in my CDs. This has got to be six times riskier. And that's very difficult to, you know, to, to quantify. But this is not a new category. It's not a new thing, mm-hmm. and uh, it can be it can be um, it can be a, a medium risk or a low risk type of an investment. The one thing, though, that people really need to understand about these uh, real estate investment trusts, if if we're, if they're going to invest in those, is that the the one of the risks is illiquidity. The money's tied up. 
mm-hmm. they have to wait until the end, until there's a liquidity event. So the, the, the management company deploys the money, buys a bunch of buildings, does things to fix them up and to make them earn more so that when they sell them, they'll be able to sell them for a higher amount of money. And it may take three, four, five years before mm-hmm. they're able to do that. In, and in the meantime, the customer can't get their money out if they change their mind and want to go do sure. something different. They got gotta, They got to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you just really, like any, every, any other investment, you really want to um, look at everything, make sure it's going to be a good investment for you. Obviously, to consult with um, an expert that understands how they work and can really lay out everything for you. So thank you so much for uh, coming in and sharing uh, about Reese with my uh, listeners. Sure. You Look bet. forward to having you back, Harry. Thank you very much, Tina. And this is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Thanks for listening to the show today. I'll be here same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW next weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.